Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode 12 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Devil Inside. Everyone was feeling a little silly goofy this week. (laughs) Everyone is being very dramatic about many things. Everybody's getting their feelings hurt by something or another. It's an emotional week. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a lot of ups and downs. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When Enzo brings Damon a gruesome present and insists that they bond by committing an act of revenge, Damon makes an effort to do the honorable thing. After finding himself in awkward and confusing conversations with Nadia, Matt impulsively decides to throw a party, where Caroline makes a stunning confession to Elena, then has to face the consequence of her actions with Stefan and Tyler. Aaron does his best to make amends for his family's past misdeeds, Does he do his best? He apologized to one person. There's really not much he can do, to be completely fair. (laughs) And start a new life for himself. Finally, Elena finds herself in a life-threatening situation with only minutes to figure out how to save herself. And she did not use those minutes super wisely. Yeah, she just kind of stood there (laughs) and then failed. So, (laughs) sorry, Elena, not your best week. Not your best showing. Yeah, not, not your biggest slay. Not your worst flop either, though, so... Well, I don't know. Pro- I would call it her worst flop. I'm, I struggled to think of a worse one. That's true. Her only, I would say her only worst flop was getting the Hunter's Curse, but killing Connor was enough of a slay that I think the Hunter's Curse is justified. I would say her worst flop is letting Stefan save Matt over her from Wickley Bridge. Yep, that's And true. I think she would think of that as a pretty big flop as well. Yeah, this is more of a flop, though, I think. I yeah, think you're right. I, I think, think this so. is her biggest flop. <laughs> we all have to flop eventually yeah we just have to flip back up she lost that red streak and she was she immediately entered her flop era yeah as soon as the red streak was gone the bad bitch disappeared with it that was the source of her power she came to in the tomb and she's like where's my streak fuck i'm gonna flop her and i yeah she was like she was like she dyed my fucking hair that That bitch. bitch that bitch and then she was like oh shit i have to figure this out Catherine's done a lot of bad things in her life, but dyeing Elena's hair, that was the last straw. <laughs> we start the episode in the town square. It ends up being like the middle of the events of the episode, but we're starting with a little bit of a flash forward. Catherine sneaks up behind Matt and covers his eyes. And she says, guess who? And he says, Elena Gilbert. And she says, yes. She says, sure. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. <laughs> in the background, the song Tongue Tied is playing, which is kind of crazy that they spent so much money on this license for essentially like background music could have been better used at the party. I think it's just to be like, haha, so silly, goofy. This should be such a lighthearted situation, but it's not because it's Catherine. Yeah. But yeah, it is a big, big check for that vibe. Yeah. Matt says, you're in a good mood. And Catherine says, well, it's a good day. We're alive. And Matt says, yes. And we are partying tonight. She says, yes, we are. And Matt says, oh, what did you want to talk to me about? And Catherine says, are you still drinking Vervain? Now, I get that he is under every impression this is Elena. He has every reason to believe it's Elena. But if any vampire at any point asks, are you drinking Vervain? You should say yes. Yeah, it's just easier. Because Elena doesn't really have any reason to compel Matt, but she could still. Well, even if Elena's asking, before I even answered yes or no, I'd say like, oh, is there some danger? Like, why would I need Vervain suddenly? Like, it's a weird question to ask that yeah. usually Elena would give you a reason before she asked. Exactly. Or she'd be like, 
are you drinking Vervain? Because I noticed there's a new vampire in town or something. Yeah. But Matt, not our smartest soldier. He says, no, I wear this bracelet in case anyone needs my blood, remember? Which, okay, but also, why would anyone need his blood? I think it was, wasn't it so that Elena couldn't compel him to drink his blood when she was in her bad at drinking blood era? But then why wouldn't he just drink Vervain so he couldn't, so she couldn't drink his blood? Because that's what I would think too. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't totally matter. But he has Vervain on, but not in his veins. Yeah, and he shows it to her. She says, okay, well, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. She tears the bracelet off. And he says, hey, what are you doing? I need that. Okay, Matt, now's when you run. Yeah, Matt, she's taking off the vein so she can compel you. Yeah. Even if this is Elena, let's not let her do that. Yeah, even if it is Elena, she be like, hey, do you want to compel me? That's not cool. She says, long story short, I'm Catherine, not Elena. And he says, you silly girl, Catherine's dead. And, you know, I know that... Through this whole episode, they all are operating under the assumption Catherine's dead. And that's fair. They saw her die. They saw her body. But a lot of y'all have like popped up and down. So let's just entertain the possibility. Well, and it also seems like, again, we talked about this a little bit last episode. We know that Bonnie feels people's deaths. And she mm-hmm. never, to our knowledge, felt Catherine's death. Yeah. It feels like that should be something that Bonnie is like, hey, I still haven't felt Catherine die. What's the vibe? And I think maybe we're supposed to believe, and I mean, Bonnie hasn't been in this episode, so we don't know if she has any memory of that yet. But I don't know if we're supposed to believe that she just forgot, like she was so drunk. I don't know. I think the idea is that she saw her on the other side and kind of assumed that was it. But like, I don't know why she would think that. It feels like Bonnie is more logically sound than that, but whatever. Yeah. Sex with Jeremy can't be enough to distract from that. Exactly. It just can't be. It just simply can't be. (laughs) And it is weird. Again, I know that she looks like Elena. She's doing her best Elena impression that she's ever done. Yes. But it's still not perfect. And it just feels like Elena was with Catherine alone right before she died. It just feels like you should be... A little suspicious, but I know that they have no reason to think that. And I know I'm watching a show, but still. I know they have no reason to think it and they'll realize it in hindsight. But it's also like, let's think about Catherine for a second. Yeah. You know, Catherine was planning to get into Nadia's body. Do you think Catherine would not show up in Nadia's body? Be like, you guys were all fucking mean to me. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like they're a little too comfortable with the idea that Catherine's gone. And like, I understand you saw her dead body, but it's Catherine. If anyone found a way out of that, it's Catherine. Well, and at least go up to Nadia and say like, hey, isn't Catherine in your body? And she'll give her excuse. And I know they had their little conversation in front of Damon where Catherine's like, let me die. I'm being selfless, blah, blah, blah. Catherine making a selfless decision should be a bright red flag. (laughs) Yeah. So sorry. That's not her. That's not her. Especially to Damon. Like, I get Stefan, his judgments a little... He's being a little kinder to Catherine because she's dying. Fair enough. But Damon should be like, no, we should be more worried. And it is weird from Damon's perspective that even though he and Elena broke up, that she's not speaking to him at all. Yeah. Or to anyone. Yeah. Catherine didn't like plan. I think she thought she could hide under the radar a little longer because she knows it's hard to keep that impersonation up the whole time because she finds the character of Elena so deeply boring. Yes. (laughs) Catherine says, well, actually... Catherine's not exactly dead. While you guys were playing drinking games and toasting to what a horrible person I am, I was plotting a way to passenger myself into Elena's cute little head. (laughs) And Matt says, oh my God. And Catherine says, so anyway, now I need a crash course on all things Elena Gilbert. She's in college now, all grown up. And I figured who knows her better? 
than her compellable best friend. And also Matt's the only one she can compel at this point. Because <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, I think other people would know her better. And I was like, oh, well, this is kind of a one option. Yeah, this is kind of the only guy she can compel, except maybe Jeremy. But getting Jeremy alone is more risky. Yeah. And Jeremy's a little craftier with Catherine because he's like, I think, more aware yes. of what she's capable of. He knows Elena better because they're siblings. Yeah. And Matt's pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. Evidenced by the fact that he didn't lie about drinking Vervain. I mean, come on. Yeah. And I do think Jeremy, like, he's had enough experience with the other side and hunters and shit that he would get to the possibility of Catherine being alive much faster. Yeah. Like, he, I think Matt is would not even entertain that for quite a while. Whereas Jeremy, I think if he got even one weird vibe from Elena, he'd be like, did Catherine somehow get in here? He'd be like, we have to we have to consider this. Or he'd be like, hey, yeah. Bonnie, can you, like, check the other side if she's capable of doing that for yeah. Catherine? I don't know. I also guess maybe they assumed that Catherine could have found peace, but I don't know why they'd assume that. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs> Catherine says, so anyway, what do you think of my dress? It screams safe and predictable. Am I right or am I right? Mind you, she is wearing a dress with a pleather corset top. Catherine. It's a sweetheart pleather top on a dress. Uh, girl. The cardigan does not make it safe and predictable, queen. Yeah. If you're playing Elena, let's just, there's no pleather. Yeah. That's step one. Let's just make that rule number one. <laughs> Matt says, oh, I'm not doing this. And then Nadia appears and pushes him back on the bench. And she says, you know, just compel him already. And Catherine says, oh, take all the fun out of it. Why don't you? And then so she does compel him. She says, play along with my secret Maddie pants. I don't know why we're trying to do nicknames. She's being silly. I know she's being silly goofy. She says, would Elena wear this outfit to a party? He looks at it and he says, no to the dress, yes to the shoes. He's real. <laughs> okay, girly pop. <laughs> He's a real, He's a real friend. <laughs> real friend that he knew. Catherine says, great. Now let's talk honestly about the red thing that's happening in my hair. Yes, girl, let's. You know what? Thank you, Catherine, for saying it. Someone had to do it. Because I thought we were going to be done with this streak like when season five hit. And here we are on episode 12. And I was like, the fucking streak is still there. Yeah. So thank you, Catherine. Someone had to take that streak behind the barn and shoot it. She's doing this for the good of society. This is actually like good behavior from Catherine. If this is the only good thing we get out of her staying alive for this, I'll take it. This is a selfless decision. <laughs> finally she learned except it is selfish because it's her hair now yeah and she hates it which fair enough matt says so you're dead and what hitching a ride in her brain you know how passengers work king you had one yeah you were like the most qualified to know the situation and nadia says for now until i make it permanent and he says how and Catherine says hello the hair why did she dye it <laughs> and matt says honestly i don't know she did it in new york right after she shut her humanity off and Catherine says great her humanity's back on now. It's gone. She said, great. So there's no reason she should still have it. <laughs> and she's right. And then she starts her questioning with, what's Jeremy's birthday? Matt says October 13th. So he is a Libra. Which is, so, sorry to any Libras listening, when I'm guessing someone's Zodiac sign, which people often ask me to do because I'm a Zodiac girly, if I'm getting absolutely no reading, no idea, like nothing is sticking out. Like, go, go, give us nothing. Yeah, I say Libra. Nine out of ten times, that's it. So it's very Jeremy to me. To me, I don't know a ton of Libras, but the common thread I find with Libras, and again, no offense to any Libras, is flaky. Yeah. And Jeremy, flaky. He'll cheat on his girlfriend with a ghost. <laughs> so let's just say that. 
Catherine says, when's Elena's birthday? Matt says, June 22nd. We know she's been a cancer close to the cusp of Gemini. We know this about her. She stays true to that every day. Because she fucking, she do be crying. Yeah, one thing Elena's going to do is cry. Is have an emotional outburst. And I love a cancer, but you know, it, those waters run deep. Yeah, we are cancer, moon, and rising signs. So cancers, all love. All love to you. I feel it. I'm with you. But we be crying. But we do be crying. Catherine says, what's my address? And Matt says, 2104 Maple Street, but you burned your house down. And she says, yeah, I know. That was a trick question. Oh, you have one day to study. Let's not go with the trick questions. Yeah. Let's just get the ones you actually don't know off the table first. <laughs> and then she says, who do I like better? Bonnie or Caroline? Please say Caroline. Because she's a Caroline stand at the end of the day. Matt says, you love them both equally. And Catherine says, great, what a shocker. <laughs> and then she says, I just have one last question. It's really important because I'm going to need it later. How exactly did Elena Gilbert break up with you? She's such a little stinker. <laughs> then we go to earlier that day. So we flash back to this morning. It's at a hotel where Catherine and Nadia are staying. Catherine is looking out the window as Nadia enters and Nadia says, okay, Mia said she needs your corpse. And Catherine says, my corpse? Could travelers be any creepier? She's got a point. Like, like I'm going to give old Crimpy my corpse. Come on. <laughs> be so serious. Nadia says, can you be nice? Without Mia, you wouldn't be alive or inside Elena's body right now. And Catherine says, yeah, I know. I'd be dead in my corpse. A corpse that some traveler says they need. You see how that's creepy? And Nadia says, do you want to be in control of Elena's body or not? And Catherine says, look, okay, I get it. We have no idea when Elena's consciousness is going to pop out. And she's like, you want to tell me what you're doing over there? What she's doing is chaining up the bed. Um, and Nadia says, get on the bed. And she wants to handcuff her because she says, just in case Elena decides to show up while I'm out getting your body. So you're going to chain a wooden bed frame at a cheap motel? Nadia. Like, it's smart to chain her. But let's be serious. Especially even if it's not a wooden bed frame. We all saw Damon break his hand to get out of handcuffs. It's not hard. Yeah, if she heals, she'll be fine. It's a couple thumb bones. Catherine says, great. So I'm just going to be stuck in a hotel room bound to a bed while Damon Salvatore is leaving me voicemails because your phone's been ringing off the hook. It's Damon. And then she says, remind me how this is better than being dead. You're alive? What do you mean, remind you? <laughs> Nadia says, because once Mia does her spell, Elena will be gone forever and this body will be yours for good. So she handcuffs her to the bed. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon arrives with a shovel and dirt all over his shoes, whistling. He's having a grand old day. <laughs> and Stefan says, where have you been? And Damon says, just out. And Stefan says, define out. And Damon says, oh, one who hovers and sticks his nose in other people's business. Oh, sorry. I was defining annoying. Ha 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 ha. Like he came back with a shovel. Let's do the math. <laughs> yeah. Stefan says, that's funny. And Damon says, look, Catherine's rotting corpse was stinking up the house. I got rid of it. Fair enough. You don't need corpses hanging around for too long. And, you know, at this point, you should just be happy Damon didn't burn it in your fireplace. Yeah, truly. Stefan says that could be a bit of a problem. And Damon says, why is that? Nadia comes out and she says, because I'm here for Catherine's body. And Damon says, OK, well, you're out of luck because you ain't getting it, girly. <laughs> Damon said, sucks to be you. Said, oh, OK, too bad. <laughs> Like, oh, well, I already buried it. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Nadia says, my mother asked to be buried with her family in Bulgaria. Who's buying that? Damon says, well, nothing gives me greater joy than denying her her dying wish. <laughs> now, this is on Nadia for thinking he would just hand over the body. Yeah. But I get her trying. Stefan says, look, Damon, who cares? Catherine's dead. Just give her the damn body. And Damon says, bitch ruined both their lives. And Nadia's known her, what, five minutes? You know, Damon might be a little mean, but he's got a point here. 
you know, I was proponent for being nice to Catherine in her final hours. She's dead now. You don't need to show the compassion anymore. I'm with Damon on this. I mean, he buried her. I don't know why you would give Nadia the body, especially knowing that Nadia is connected to travelers. Nadia has no need to have that body. Give her the ashes of the body. And you know what? Just for safety, don't give her all the ashes. Just give her ashes from your fireplace and say it's Catherine's body. Say I burned her. And to be honest, I think they do a good job of not giving enough away to Nadia because the thing is, is like even the little riddle Damon says, Nadia wouldn't have gotten if Catherine wasn't around. Yeah, exactly. So they do the best they can here. Nadia starts to fight and says, tell me where she is. But Damon gets the upper hand in the fight and says, the nicest thing Catherine Pierce will ever do is feeding the maggots that feast on her flesh. Give it up. You're not getting her back. And she's like, okay, well, I can see I'm not making any leeway with you guys. I'm going to reevaluate. She says, fair enough. (laughs) Then we go over to the Lockwood house. Tyler is sleeping on the couch, listening to some music. Matt comes in and says, hey, have you seen my phone? Hi. Matt turns off the music and that wakes Tyler up. Very uh, grandma and the proud family. Yeah, exactly. Sugar mama. (laughs) Matt says, have you seen my phone? I'm late for work, dude. And Tyler says, oh, look at you, Captain Responsible. And he hands Matt his phone. Like, yeah, I have a job. I'm like, you're lazy ass. I have to buy food. Yeah. Tyler says, here, join me for breakfast. It's a bottle of tequila or some other liquor. Who knows? I think it's tequila, which makes it grosser. Yeah, it's like, ugh. At least start with something a little smoother in the morning. At least get a mimosa. Put some orange juice in there at the minimum. Yeah, make a tequila sunrise. If you're drinking tequila in the morning, like it's less, it's worse than drinking bourbon in the morning, I would argue. Honestly, because bourbon goes in coffee. Vodka goes in orange juice. It's the same as like drinking gin in the morning or like gin and tequila in the morning. It's like, oh, you're an alcoholic. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, you're doing bad. Like there is no reason you need to be doing this. (laughs) Like, you're not drinking tequila for fun anymore. Yeah. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Exactly. Matt says, you know, I'm good, seeing as how it is 742. He's like, okay, dude, this looks bad. Matt says, it's one thing if it's bourbon, but tequila? (laughs) Tyler says, aye, aye, Captain, and takes a shot and pours another. And Matt sits and he says, okay, so you're going to tell me what happened in NOLA, New Orleans. I just wrote NOLA in the notes. (laughs) Yeah. Tyler says, if you want to know what happened in New Orleans, you're going to have to tune into the originals on the CW. Uh, He doesn't say (laughs) that. He basically does, though. He says, well, there were witches, gumbo, a few originals. Look, it doesn't matter, okay? It's over. It's in the past. No more drama. He was crying into that bowl of gumbo. (laughs) It was not a good day. He booked a reservation at like fucking Brennan's, Antoine's, one of the big New Orleans places for after he got his revenge on Klaus. Then Klaus, whatever he did, I don't know, because I haven't seen the originals, because I'm scared to watch it in fear of spoilers. <laughs> he did whatever he did. Tyler had to go to his reservation because there was like a $70 cancellation fee. Sure. And just drink a lemon drought martini and pretend he wasn't like completely shit on. Yeah, exactly. Tried to enjoy the food, couldn't. Just housing hush puppies. Yeah. And they're like, damn, buddy. Like, damn. Like, More hush puppies? <laughs> <laughs> and then, we live in new orleans very little gets to us <laughs> they said another bananas foster are you sure you don't just want the rum bitch <laughs> matt says okay then since you're starting fresh we're celebrating i'm throwing you a welcome back party and tyler says wait what no what do you mean wait what no you want to get drunk yeah you might as well do it with other people so it's less fucking depressing <laughs> matt says yeah okay so clean this place up and invite some people and shower because you stink <laughs> 
So party underway. Matt's like, I don't actually care how well the party goes. I just need you to shower. That's my top priority. Then we go over to the Whitmore dorm. Caroline is cleaning obsessively. Obviously, she's, you know, reflecting. Much to think about. She's got much to consider. There's a knock at the door and she says it's open and it's Aaron. Boo. And Aaron doesn't want to talk to Caroline. Caroline doesn't want to talk to Aaron. And none of these people, they're like, we've never really talked. (laughs) So we've never really hung out. (laughs) He says, oh, are you cleaning the fireplace? And she says, yeah. All those carcinogens. She says, I'm stress cleaning. I'm stressed, so I'm cleaning. Boy trauma. Not that you care. He doesn't even bother being like, oh, are you okay? No. He's there for his thing and only his thing. Yeah. He says, I'm here for Elena, but clearly she's not here, so I'll come back later. And Caroline says, oh, well, I can give her a message. And Aaron says, yeah, can you just tell her that Wes isn't going to be a problem anymore? My family's trust came through and I was able to cut off Augustine's funding. Poor timing to tell about Augustine, apparently. Caroline says, oh, so no more vampire experience. And Aaron says, yeah, that's all over. And just tell her that I'm like really sorry for everything. And Caroline says, okay, I will. Yeah, because he's never going to get the chance to tell her himself. Yeah, good thing he left a message. (laughs) (laughs) And I know I shouldn't be giggling so hard about that, but here I am. But who cares? (laughs) They want to whip more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Aaron says, okay. And then he leaves. He goes to his dorm, but he's not really aware of his surroundings. And so Enzo comes in the door behind him and says, Aaron Whitmore, just the man I've been looking for. And Aaron says, Enzo. Enzo closes the door. Uh, Enzo is also wearing a scarf. It's very much 2014 hipster core. Yeah, he got out. He's been walking around. He walked by an Abercrombie billboard and said, oh, I know what I'm wearing today. So then we go over to like the Salvatore alcohol cellar. I don't know. Stefan's pouring himself a drink in a cellar. (laughs) He's on the phone and he says, hey, I need a favor. You know how Damon was trying to be all noble and broke up with Elena? He's on the phone with Caroline. Caroline says, yeah, of course I remember that. They were champagne. She said, yeah, great day. (laughs) Best day of my life. (laughs) Stefan says, yeah, well, I kind of convinced him that he was an idiot. Caroline says, you what? He says, yeah, and now he's in a bit of a mood and something tells me that he's been trying to get a hold of Elena, but she hasn't been returning his calls. And Caroline says, look, I would love to help if I thought he was actually good for her, but I don't. She's being real. Stand your ground, queen. Of course she will. (laughs) Turn it around in about 10 minutes, but that's okay. <laughs> but she stood around longer than most of them. I would do anything <laughs> Stefan told me to do, so I can relate. <laughs> Stefan says, Caroline, how would you like to be judged solely based on who you're attracted to? That's not really Caroline's point. Yeah. Like, she's not judging Damon because he's attracted to Elena. And she's not judging Elena for being, like, attracted to Damon. She's judging her for dating him. And she's judging Damon for killing people. <laughs> yeah. With some frequency. <laughs> but I get we have to get to this next little goopy part. Um, Caroline says, why do you know something? And he says, why should I know something? And she says, no. <laughs> she says, are you sure that this is what you really want? You know, Elena and Damon, Damon and Elena. I know there's a nickname in there somewhere. <laughs> we laugh, but girl, Delena is pretty obvious. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> if it's if one of the names starts with the vowel, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stefan says, well, I actually think that Elena is good for Damon. She makes him happy. Again, not really Caroline's problem with Damon. She also yeah. agrees that Elena's good for Damon. Yeah, that's not in. That's not up for debate here. <laughs> There's a lot of things that would be good for Damon. A shot caller being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan says, and we all know that when Damon is happy, and Caroline says he's not out there killing people, which I guess is a plus for mankind. And Stefan says, exactly. So Caroline's like, I'll do something for the greater good. That's my good deed for the day. Yeah, I can handle that. I kind of cleaned my whole dorm already, so I'm kind of due for some other distraction. She's like, I kind of feel the need to put some good in the universe after uh, the day that I had yesterday. 
Caroline says, okay, but even if I wanted to help, she's not here. I thought she was with you. Stefan says, she told me that she was staying at Whitmore. And Caroline says, okay, that's weird. Where the hell is she? Catherine's flaw number one with impersonating Elena. She does not realize how much these people talk to each other. <laughs> they are all on their damn phone all the time. They are constantly in communication. They are running up those minutes, bitch. Well, and it's good because they are constantly getting kidnapped. So yeah. if someone doesn't answer their phone for like three hours, it is actually concerning. It's been like a sign of something nefarious in the past. Especially since the last time someone went months without calling them, it was Stefan drowning in a safe. <laughs> They're like, okay, I should really be more aware of where everyone is at all times. Especially Stefan. He's like, I'm not going to let someone else go through that. Well, especially after Bonnie was dead for months with no one noticing and Stefan was drowning for months with no one noticing. Everyone's like, you know what? I need to hear from someone at least once a day. Yeah. That's our new agreement. <laughs> we go over to the hotel. Elena's phone continues to ring and Catherine says, oh my God, does that thing ever shut up? No. Yeah, and it won't. <laughs> voices are whispering and Catherine seems to be like a little bit out of it, whatever. The closed captions say voices whisper. Catherine blinks. Her eyes are black. She blinks again. So we know Elena's back. Mm -hmm. And even though we know that from the context clues, we can also tell by Nina Dobrev's stellar acting. Mm -hmm. She is freaked. She is like, why am I chained to a bed in a hotel room? Yeah, she's like, last I knew, I was in the Salvatore's ha Salvatore house forgiving Catherine. <laughs> and so she's like, where am I? She notices the chains. And then she's like, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, I choose to believe she doesn't really know what's happening, but she's like, this has to be Catherine's fault. <laughs> she's like, I can't <laughs> prove it, but I'm pretty sure Catherine's involved. <laughs> I mean, they don't really have another enemy who would do something like this at the moment. Yeah. It's Catherine. Good logic. <laughs> Elena's phone rings again. So she pulls at the chains. She breaks one off the wood. She gets the rest off. She grabs the phone, but like just misses the call from Caroline. So it stops ringing. She can't answer. But before she can do anything else, Nadia appears and says, hello, Elena. And Elena says, you, you put Catherine inside of me. Okay, Elena, now that you've realized that, next nap time. Let's incapacitate her really quick. But I can't fault her. This is all very sudden. It's very sudden. And she probably doesn't know that, like, I don't think she knows the passenger spell to just, like, get her out is, like, so quick. Yes. Nadia says, Vite. So. <laughs> so we, we all know what that means. So you get it. Uh, so you guys get it. <laughs> she blinks and Catherine's back. And Catherine realizes she's not chained to the bed anymore. She's standing up. She says, what happened? And Nadia says, I fucking told you, bitch. <laughs> Nadia says Elena Gilbert happened and Catherine says wonderful she's fighting it's only a matter of time before she comes out again did you get my body Nadia looks at her like girl Nadia says girl I'm not carrying it with me so what do you think do I look like I got your body <laughs> I go back over to the Salvatore house where Damon says oh come on Catherine is exactly where she's always belonged I'm not giving the body back quit giving me that damn pouty face <laughs> And Stefan says, I'm not giving you a pouty face. This is my you're being a dick face. That's just kind of his face. His face has a little bit of a pout to it, but that's because he's like always like sexy and smoldering, which reads his pout in in certain situations. He's also always thinking. So his eyebrows are always a little furrowed because he's always like spiraling somewhere inside. Yeah, well, because he's busy trying to keep Damon and Elena and Caroline in check. I mean, it's a lot going on. While also not becoming a ripper. That's in addition to his own. Yeah, his own anxiety. So, yeah, I, I don't blame him for a furrowed brow. <laughs> yeah. But then Dr. Stefan Freud comes out and says, Elena hasn't called you back. It's making you completely miserable. 
And Damon says, yeah, I am completely miserable. It's your fault telling me to get her back. And Stefan says, no, you're miserable because you did what you always do. You had a problem, and instead of dealing with it, you cut ties and ran. Damon says, you're enjoying this a little too much. They're playing pool while they have this conversation. Oh, they're definitely not at the Salvatore house. They're at the grill. Oh, I thought they were at the Salvatore house. Yeah. No, they're at the Salvatore house, but they are playing pool at the Salvatore house. Like it matters. Men. (laughs) (laughs) Men will literally play pool instead of going to therapy. I think these two would do just about anything before going to therapy. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Caroline enters and says, okay, Bonnie took Jeremy to visit her mom. Neither of them have talked to Elena. So that's why they're not here this episode. They love to just not pay Cat Graham for an episode and be like, oh, she's visiting her mom, I guess. Yeah, it's like, her mom hates her ass. You could have just had her at this party and addressed the fact that she didn't feel Catherine's death. Yeah. Damon says, who invited you? Scram. It's pretty obvious who invited her. It wasn't you and there's only one other guy here. I love the word scram. Yeah. More people it's funny say every it. time. <laughs> Stefan says, I invited her, okay? Caroline agreed to help you get Elena back. And Damon looks shocked at this news. Yeah. He says, you? You hate me. You once told me that calling me Satan was an insult to Satan. And she says, yeah. She says, I I did say that, didn't I? She says, that sure sounds like me. She says, well, (laughs) nobody's perfect. She says, well, sometimes I just say things. Damon says, this is what it's come to. You brought me love advice from Prudy Trudy, which is so weird that he's calling Caroline a prude, considering she slept with him on their first date. Yeah. Meanwhile, Elena took like four fucking years. So who's the prude here, bitch? Yeah, literally. But she says, you know what? I can be unpredictable and incredibly reckless. And she's like, and I have an example, but I don't really want to share it quite yet. Yeah. (laughs) Damon says, what's going on here? Are you guys babysitting me? You said it, not us. Well, if you're going to act like a baby. (laughs) If the diaper fits, bitch. (laughs) Stefan says, we're just hanging out, chatting. That's me when I'm babysitting. Yeah, like, you know, when the kids are babysitting, it's like, you like hanging out with me, right? And it's like, sure. I'm not going to tell you that I get paid to be here. No one benefits from that knowledge. (laughs) You don't need to know that the money is an absolute necessity for me to see you. Yeah. Damon says, I don't need this. I don't need your help. And then he leaves. And Stefan says, okay, well, I guess you better try Elena again. (laughs) Stefan said, well, that was kind of a bust, huh? (laughs) Back at the hotel, Catherine gets this new call from Caroline. And she says, seriously, I have never met a group of needier people. It's not bad enough that Damon's trying to win me back. I'm also getting, where are you? I'm worried about you. Call me. Are you going to Tyler's party? It's a wonder this thing still has a battery. Catherine, your life is so fucking sad because she's like so mad. Someone's like, hey, where are you? Like, you okay? Have you never had a friend? Like, ask you if you're okay? Someone being like, are you going to Tyler's party? She's like, can you believe people do this? Girl, that's friends. It's like, girl, people do talk to their friends. And also, not for nothing, they're so needy because they went through a lot of traumatic experiences, many of which you led, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, many of which you caused. So you kind of made them this needy in many ways. Caroline and Elena got closer because Caroline became a vampire because you killed Caroline, Catherine. Anyway, Nadia is like realizing that this is suspicious that so many of them are reaching out to Elena. So Nadia says... They're getting suspicious. We need to find your body. Catherine says, I know. And she says, you know what? Stefan texted and asked if I was going to Tyler's party. Maybe I do go. Convince everyone Elena is alive and well. And I casually ask him where Damon buried me. This is kind of the best plan they have. But Catherine, when you say this out loud, does this sound like something you'll be able to pull off with finesse? Yeah, it's it's definitely the one option that makes the most sense today. But mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's definitely a risky one. Especially since she hasn't been texting. 
Like, yeah. if she had been answering these phone calls, she probably wouldn't have to go to this party. Specifically talking to Stefan about this, I do think Stefan is the one who could be the most suspicious. Mm-hmm. So it's just a dangerous game, impersonating Elena to that many people. Because again, you don't really pull it off for that long, usually. Mm-hmm. And this time you do have the benefit of them thinking you're dead, but you're still not that good at impersonating. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because the things that often get Catherine caught she still has the same issues. She just simply cannot not ask about herself. And she fixed the voice a little bit this time. And we'll get For into sure. that. But she still does, like, you get a minute into a conversation and she says, okay, I have to talk about myself again. Like, yeah, she- <laughs> I waited as long as I could. She cannot hear anything about someone else's life for more than 10 seconds unless it's juicy. Yeah. And even Elena's life, like, she can't pretend to care about it. Yeah. She's just not capable of of it. It's just not her skill. Nadia says, like, no way. You cannot go to this party tonight. You said it yourself. It's just a matter of time before Elena shows up again. And Catherine says, so come with me. Shove her back in if that happens. Yeah, because Nadia's invited to this party. Yeah, because Elena and Nadia would hang out. Be serious. Be honest. Nadia says, this is not the right place for you to be around all her friends. And Catherine says, I've impersonated Elena a million times. I can mimic everything about her. And again, every time she's impersonated Elena, she'll get away with it. The longest she got away with it was like five minutes. Yeah. And every time she's done it since, it's gotten worse. And granted, now she's at least in her body and in her clothes. So it's better. But she can barely stop herself from putting her hand on her hip. When she's mimicking Elena, she's literally mimicking her. Like she's making fun of her. She cannot physically stop herself from making fun of Elena. Yeah, Like, even while she's pretending to be her. She knows it will expose her faster, and she doesn't care. She can't She can't help it. Because she's like, oh, yeah, I'm Elena, and I dated Matt. Like, she'll say stuff like that, and it's like, Elena wouldn't, like, like, talk down on herself like that. Yeah, she'll be like, I love all my friends. I'm so selfless. And everyone will be like, yeah, you do. What? You do, (laughs) and you don't say that because you're selfless. Like, (laughs) she just can't stop it. She can't help it. Nadia says, this is different. You're not impersonating Elena. You are Elena. When is her birthday? What grade did her and Caroline meet? Where did she kiss Stefan for the first time? And Catherine says, okay, I get it. I'm going to have to brush up on a few fun facts. And I know exactly who can help us. We go over to the Lockwood house where we see Matt, because we'll check in with Matt later. Matt and Tyler are arriving at the Lockwood house with kegs. And Tyler says, you know, you still own my house. And Matt says, yeah, (laughs) please don't take it away. You didn't expect rent, did you? It's like, yeah, I legally own it, but it's not like I pay the bills. And not that I would, but I could take you to court and own it. And the deed would hold up. And I'm not going to charge you rent, (laughs) but I don't want to pay rent either. (laughs) Tyler says, yeah, but it means you'll have to invite certain people in tonight, like Elena, Stefan. Because the whole point of transferring this house to Matt was that it was safe from vampires. Yeah, they've given that up. They said, well, who cares? <laughs> I think they were mostly concerned about Klaus. <laughs> yeah. Matt says, is that your lame way of asking if I invited Caroline? And Tyler says, pretty much. Tyler said, absolutely. And I respect the self-awareness from him on that. Yeah. Just so I'm not being a total bitch to him. That I can say I respect. And that's the end of and that. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Bad showing for Tyler this episode. Yeah. <laughs> As it usually is these days, if you are a Tyler Lockwood stand in season five, Seek help. I mean, yeah. Start taking your antidepressants again. Yeah. <laughs> Matt says, yeah, Caroline's coming. So when you say you're starting over, you're basically saying you want Caroline back. 
And Tyler says, just get the cups, okay? So not really starting over, trying to get your old life back that your old life that you shit on for six months. Okay, good luck with that. Yeah, you want to get your girlfriend back who you didn't call because you were in the mountains. And then you went to go kill a guy that, by the way, you knew she flirted with. And then you couldn't even kill him. Like, and you didn't even have the white oak steak for what we know. He yeah. might have actually, I don't know. He, I, I have no idea. I don't think he did. Because I think he thought he was scary enough. Now, who told him that? I don't know. Tyler grabs a keg and goes in. And Matt picks up a phone call. And he says, oh, Elena, hey. She says, hi, Maddie. And he says, Maddie. She already almost gave it up. She says, Matt. <laughs> and Nadia, like, rolls her eyes because she's like, fuck, dude. She said, already, bitch. She says, I mean, Matt, Um, I was hoping you could help me with something. We quickly go over to the town square, see the very beginning of the scene from the beginning of the episode. We don't revisit that scene because we saw it earlier. And that catches us up to where we were at the beginning of the episode. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon gets home. And there is a guest in his living room. It is Enzo. And Enzo has his feet up on a body bag. I <laughs> love that he found the bag. He said, I'm not carrying this plane. <laughs> Enzo says, hello, Damon. We have a bit of business to attend to. Damon says, Mr. Spot, because Enzo has blood on his mouth. <laughs> and then Damon can't help but spot the body bag. But Enzo stands by the fire and he says, ah, I love a good fire. That's ironic, isn't it? You know, since you left me to burn alive in one. And Damon says, didn't we already do this? <laughs> Damon said, I thought we were good. <laughs> Damon says, you tried to make me feel guilty. I saved your life. We're even. Okay, I would not call yeah. you even at all. I wouldn't call that even. I mean, you got him out of custody. It was 60 years too late. Yeah, and you didn't apologize. Might I add? <laughs> you never let the words, I'm sorry, come out of your mouth. Yeah, would have been nice. That would have been a little bit helpful. It still would have made you even. Yeah. And then Damon says, what's in the bag? And Enzo says, more like who? Since you and I last spoke, I've done a bit of soul searching, had a trip to the barber and did a little research. <laughs> he says, which revealed to me that you killed almost every member of the Whitmore family in the years since your escape, leaving just one alive each time to carry on the family name, producing a whole new generation of victims for you to slaughter, exactly as you said you'd do back when you and I were cellmates. He's like, yeah, I had a good plan. I went with it. Damon says, well, you know me. I like to keep my promises. Why would you say that? <laughs> That's so mean. You let him die in a fire. <laughs> Enzo says, and it's occurred to me that perhaps I wrote you off too quickly. That in fact, the Damon Salvatore I remember is alive and well. And I have a present for him. He opens the body bag and it's Aaron with a neck wound. And Damon says, you brought me Aaron Whitmore. He hears his heartbeat and he's like, oh, and he's alive. Enzo says, he's the last of the Whitmore clan. And then he says, you remember this Vervain wristwatch that Aaron is wearing? Dr. Whitmore never took it off, even as he was rooting around in our chest cavities, fitting Aaron should die wearing it too. So do you want to kill him or shall I? I respect Enzo's self-control to not have immediately killed him. Yeah, I would have. I didn't get to kill anybody else. I'm taking this one. Then let me kill one. One Whitmore. Dibs, bitch. <laughs> Dibs on the last Whitmore. Yeah. We go over to the Lockwood house where the party has started. Catherine arrives. And she's stuck at the threshold. And she's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. She calls out for Matt and he says, oh, Elena, hey, come in. And she says, thanks. <laughs> well, that wasn't awkward at all. And he says, sorry about that. She says, it's okay. And then she loses the smile and she compels him. She says, now go find some blonde to hit on. And he says, well, I'm going to go make the rounds. <laughs> I love that being how he takes the compulsion. He says, do you need anything? And she says, I'm good, thanks. And he leaves and the smile just disappears. She says, I cannot do that for more than 30 seconds. What I love about Nina Dobrev playing Catherine pretending to be Elena is she's doing like a fake voice. 
she's such an actress of a generation because she is like not doing Elena's voice, but it's close to Elena's voice. It's like very close to Elena, but you can tell it's someone else pretending to be Elena. Yeah. She's like just emphasizing a couple things a little off. It's so slay. She's so good at her job. Stefan is at the keg and Catherine spots him and approaches because if she's going to do one thing, it's hit on Stefan. She just simply can't stop herself. (laughs) She says, hey, and he says, oh, Elena, you're alive. And she says, of course I'm alive. And he looks a little like weirded out by that comment. Yeah, because that's not really something Elena would say. Like Elena would be like, yeah, so sorry. Like my phone died if her phone died. Like she would immediately apologize for it. Yeah, exactly. She'd be like, sorry, I didn't want to get you involved with the Damon thing. Yeah. But then she changes the subject because she sees that wasn't her best move. She says, wow, Stefan Salvatore is drinking beer out of a cup, which is like kind of weird because he's drank beer out of a cup before. But it's kind of an Elena thing to say. If like, oh, no bourbon tonight. Like, it's not that big of a a misstep. Yeah. And she really nails it home when she says, do you want me to show you where Tyler keeps the bourbon? Yeah. That's great line. Go Catherine on that one. Even though Catherine has no idea where Tyler keeps the bourbon. Yeah. (laughs) That's not her business. He's not going to ask. He said, yes. Okay. Bluff called. (laughs) Bluff called. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan says, no, I'm trying to stay off the hard stuff. You had a glass of bourbon earlier today. (laughs) Literally for the last hour. He's so real. He's just like me. He says, hey, so where have you been? Caroline was about to send out a search party for you. And she says, around thinking, processing, trying to figure out how to deal with this whole Damon thing. Very Elena. Good Elena cover. Stefan says, you know, he made a mistake, right? He wants you back. And Elena says, yeah, I know. Hang on. Isn't this a little weird for you? And this is a little weird of a thing to say. Like, it makes sense for Elena to say this, but they've kind of had this conversation before. Yeah. So it's weird that Elena would bring it up again. But Stefan kind of lets it go because he's on his defend Damon-ish. And also, this is like one of the first times we see Stefan like pretty securely over Elena or so he appears. Yeah. So he's like, you know, it's incredibly weird, but I know my brother and I know he's a better person with you than without you. And I know Catherine is pissed that she's like, really? Now you're moving on from Elena? She's like, this is like the worst possible time, you bitch. She's like, are you fucking joking? So then this is where Catherine starts to lose it a little bit. Yeah, because she's pissed. She thought she was going to come in here and kiss Stefan tonight and fuck up Damon's night and get a kiss. Like she, that was, I think, her real plan. Like she wanted the body, but this was her secondary plan. And it's already over for her. Yeah, she's leaving Nadia to the body. She wants to get a kiss from Stefan. And now all of a sudden she walks into this party and Stefan ships Delena? (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, so Catherine says, so how are you? How are you dealing with the whole Catherine dying thing? Catherine, so... <laughs> Catherine, you already got him to be compassionate to you on your deathbed. Now you're just getting greedy. It is so like, like you fake your own funeral and you go there in like a wig and you're like, how are you guys feeling? Yeah. Like, Catherine, they had this conversation already. No one's talking about you anymore. Yeah. He says, I'm okay. And she says, Stefan, you don't have to hide your feelings. She said, it's okay. You don't have to lie. She said, it's okay to cry. He says, no, honestly, I'm okay. We had a thing. It ended. She died. I'm fine. Catherine's like, you don't have to hide your feelings. She's like, aren't you supposed to be the emotional one? What the fuck? She said, I just had sex with you, bitch. (laughs) And I died. (laughs) Catherine says, you knew her for like 150 years? (laughs) You're not even a little heartbroken? First of all, girl, Catherine, you were on the run most of those 150 years. And he thought he was compelled into loving you for like most of that time. And then she tries to bring it back to Elena, but she's already lost her footing. She's like, you know, I mean, even I feel a little bad. Like maybe we should give her like a funeral or something. 
which is so funny because last episode, Elena said, I'll save it for the funeral we're not going to have for you. Even Elena didn't want to have a funeral. Yeah. And I think this is a dead giveaway. Yes. I think Stefan is very suspicious. Like at Elena saying we should give Catherine a funeral. I know he's like, "Mm, what? Stefan's like, I'm the only person who was even pro being nice to Catherine on her deathbed. Yeah. And now Elena wants to throw a funeral? Elena's been to enough funerals. She doesn't want to go to an extra one for some girl she doesn't even like. Like, Elena might say, hey, we should bury her, like, in Mystic Falls somewhere of significance. That is as far as Elena would go, and even that is further than I think she would go. And honestly, Elena would be like, oh, buried in the tomb? Perfect. Sounds good. That's where she should be. Like, deal. (laughs) I think Stefan is deeply suspicious at this point. I don't think he's gotten there all the way yet, but I think he's, like... There's a couple red flags. Like, I think he's thinking about it, at least. Something's off. Stefan says, a funeral? And then Catherine says, where's she buried? Very subtle. Very subtle, Catherine. Not delicate at all, Catherine, come on. She says, I should at least drop off flowers or something. What? Why? Why would Elena drop off flowers? Elena doesn't even like visiting the graves of her own fucking parents. Yeah, Catherine, you gotta be realistic. (laughs) She just wants so bad for Stefan to be like, yeah, it's sad. You know, I really thought Catherine and I could have been something. But he's like, no, I'm okay. I think she literally wanted Stefan to bring her to her body, like, and comfort Elena. (laughs) (laughs) Like, as though Elena would need comfort for this. One thing about Catherine is she has been a bitch to all these people for so long. But she's like, well, but they want to make me happy, though. Catherine is the main character of her life. Yeah. And she is presented with a different main character who looks exactly like her, who is the main character over her. And she's like, well, that can't be right. That's so, she's so boring. She said, they must all just be hiding their feelings. No. Yes. <laughs> like, well, now that I'm dead, they'll feel comfortable crying about it. Girl, you got the best you were going to get on the deathbed. Yeah. Should have soaked that but up. I fear. <laughs> Stefan says, I have no idea. Damon says he put her where she was always meant to be. And Catherine says, classic Damon. And that is pretty obviously the tomb. As soon as he says this. It's, it's- pretty obviously the tomb. Even to Catherine, she knows it's poetic. It's nice. I think it's great that Damon buried her there. It's a good place. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house, checking with Enzo and Damon. They've been having a drink, and Enzo says, you know, as much as I've enjoyed your quality bourbon, they're drinking Brothers Bond. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He says, I feel confident that my next drink will taste better with the sound of young Aaron's dying screams ringing in our ears and the knowledge that your final act of revenge will have brought us both closure and a new beginning. Damon says, I'm just curious. Do you ask all your friends to prove their loyalty by killing someone over drinks? Damon, number one, he has no friends. Yeah, this you're the only friend he's ever had. And he hasn't had anyone in between in 60 years. Do you think he has any social skills? And he's had no time to get over any of this. So of course he's going to come out wanting to kill someone. If Damon really wants Aaron to live, at least suggest like, oh, why don't we pivot to Wes? Yeah. But no. Damon, you left and you killed, whatever, 50 Whitmores? Of course he wants to kill one. His whole plan was to kill the dog, and the dog's been dead. Yeah, the dog won. He got beat by a dog. Let him kill Aaron. He needs a win. I think it means more to Enzo to kill Aaron than it means to Elena to keep Aaron. And honestly, Damon, presented with this, you don't want Aaron alive anyway. I know you're trying to be a better person for Elena, but you don't want Aaron alive. When Enzo says, do you want to kill him or shall I? Let Enzo do it. And then if Elena's upset, if she ever finds out, which why would she? Because she's going to forget about Aaron in a hot second. 
Yeah, because he's boring, boring. Then say, you know what? Enzo forced me. He had me chained up. I couldn't stop him. Don't even say that. Enzo asked if I should kill him or he should. And I didn't want to make that decision. And so then Enzo killed him. And I tried to talk him off the ledge. And I couldn't stop him. Yeah. You know, he's been in, not what's the, in, imprisoned? I'm thinking Incapacitated is what you're thinking. No, of. no. I'm thinking of like in captivity. Captivity. Oh my God. I forgot <laughs> the other way. He's been in captivity for 60 years. Like he should get to kill someone coming out. Like he should be mad. You can respect that he'd be mad and do something. Sorry, Aaron. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong family. Reparations, bitch. Yeah, them's the breaks. <laughs> Enzo says, his grandfather slit her eyes open with a scalpel. You've taken out everyone else in the Whitmore family. I thought you'd want this. And Damon says, would you believe he's a friend of a friend? And Enzo says, no. <laughs> Enzo <laughs> said, I don't believe he has a friend. <laughs> yeah. Enzo says, because that would force me to believe that you've gone soft. When you and I both know that your very first impulse when I presented him to you was to rip out his throat. Surely my old friend is in there someplace. Not too deep, baby. Damon looks at Aaron and Enzo says, end this for both of us. Damon gets a phone call and Enzo rolls his eyes. And Damon answers, he says, really bad timing, Blondie. I'm dealing with a blast from the past. And Caroline says, okay, deal with it quickly then, dude. Get your ass over to Tyler's. Elena's here. So she's done her due diligence. She's like, I'm helping as much as I put, as I possibly can. Yeah. Damon hangs up and Aaron starts to wake up. And Enzo's like, oh, looks like he's coming around. Time to make a decision, Damon. Do you want to kill him or shall I? Aaron looks pretty groggy. But on the whole, he looks like he's about ready to accept that he's about to die. Yeah, I don't think he's that sad about this. You know, he's like, I can only outrun this for so long. But then Damon Vampire runs and snaps Enzo's neck and says, I hate deadlines. And Aaron says, I didn't see that one coming. And Damon says, I can't kill you. Long story. Not really. Not that long. Pretty short story. Because <laughs> Aaron then goes up to summarize it. He says, because Elena would hate you for it. That's why you can't kill me. I feel, would Elena hate him for this? I don't know. <laughs> Elena wouldn't love it. But I think she'd get over it. Yeah, I don't think it would be like deeply awful. I guess we'll see, though, because he does end up killing him. Yeah. Damon takes off Aaron's Vervain wristwatch and compels him. He says, go back to college, pack up your life. There's one highway that heads out of town. Take it north till you hit ice and don't ever come back. Aaron goes to do just that. Check in with him later. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how far he gets. Yeah. Uh, Then we go back up to the party. Catherine is taking out the trash. Probably for the first time in her life, by the way. Yes. (laughs) She's like, why do people do this? She said, ew, this shit stinks. (laughs) Nadia appears and says, oh, how domestic of you. And Catherine says, apparently Elena would do this sort of stuff. I'm actually starting to feel sorry for her. And Nadia says, did you find out where your body is or not? And Catherine says, Stefan said, Damon put me somewhere I was always meant to be. And Nadia says, a riddle. Catherine says, well, I already figured it out. For 145 years, Damon thought I was in a tomb underneath the old church. And boy, was he disappointed when I wasn't there. And Nadia says, well, let's hope you are this time. And Catherine says, right. Nadia says, say your goodbyes. We can't have anyone following us. So we go inside. Caroline is refilling the chips. And she spots Catherine, who, of course, she thinks is Lena. So she's like, oh, my God, there you are. I've been calling and texting. And Catherine says, sorry, my phone died. What did you want to talk about? And Catherine's, like, trying to walk away for the beginning of this conversation, which is foolish. And... Also, the other foolish thing, which Caroline doesn't harp on, she says her phone died. Girl, it was ringing. Yeah, it was ringing all the way through. But whatever. Caroline says, I did a bad thing. And Catherine says, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. And Caroline says, you don't even know what it is. And she says, Elena, stop. This is really important. So Catherine realizes she can't just walk away from this conversation. So she stops. She turns around. She says, okay, I'm sorry. Tell me what happened. And she's going to be happy she stayed for this one. 
Yeah. She gives a relatively convincing Elena performance in that line, but it goes off the rails pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Caroline says, what would you say if I told you that when a certain awful person was in town, I ran into him in the woods and I sort of kissed him. He was there and he obviously wanted to kiss me. So I thought, (laughs) okay, we'll just make out. But then it felt really good to kiss him. So then I kind of totally had sex with him, but I swear I didn't plan to do it. And now I feel terrible. Caroline's like, it really got away from me. She's so real (laughs) for that. And Catherine says, and the person we're talking about is, because she can't really put it together. Catherine's like, who was in town recently? And she honestly doesn't know that, you know, the Sparks have been flying over with Caroline. She's not really caught up with that. Caroline says, Klaus. And Catherine says, oh, wow. Catherine said, oh, hell yeah, bitch. Catherine says, I thought you people would never give me anything good. She said, and this is why I like Caroline more than Bonnie. Yeah. (laughs) Caroline says, would I make something like this up? That is why I need you to tell me what an awful person I am. And Catherine says, actually, you're one of the least awful people I know. Great Elena line. Yeah, perfect Elena line. But Catherine does unfortunately want to get out of there. But luckily, she spots Tyler coming down the stairs. So she's got this figured out pretty quick. (laughs) And this is where the performance gets a little like not very Elena-y, but not so much that I think Caroline would suspect it because Caroline's kind of spiraling with this on her own. Well, I think like, Obviously, Catherine saw Tyler, but I think she did a pretty good job covering so Tyler didn't know she saw him and Caroline didn't catch it. So this can look very accidental. It does seem like crazy that Elena wouldn't be like, what the fuck? But but it's a party. So Catherine says, so tell me, how was it, you know, compared to Tyler? And of course, Tyler hears his name. So he perks up. He turns on his vampire hearing because he's so excited. He's like, oh, Caroline's talking about how excited she is to see me at this party. He's dumb. Dare to dream. <laughs> Caroline says, Elena Gilbert. And, Ka- and Catherine says, Caroline, Forbes, come on, spill the beans. Now that you've slept with Klaus, I mean, how was it? It's clunky. Uh, it's definitely yeah. meant to get Tyler's attention. But again, Caroline just has been wanting to talk about this. And this is the first time she's talked about it all day. She's not looking for Elena's reaction. Yeah, she's not really like keeping an eye out. She's just excited to tell someone to get off her chest because she does want someone to like kind of reprimand her for this. Yeah. And But Catherine is like, I'll get Tyler down here some way or another. Yeah. And then Caroline says, I am so not answering that. And Catherine says, you so are. And then Catherine says, oh, my God, because she just notices Tyler. Yeah, she does a very dramatic look up at the staircase. Oh, my God. As though she didn't put this out there. And then Caroline turns around and sees Tyler. And Catherine leaves while they're distracted. Catherine said, and this is my out. Yeah. And Tyler's pissed. He walks up the stairs. He's like stomping his little feet. It looks like he's about to approach her, but then he just looks at her glaring and goes. Then we go over to the tomb. We've not been at the tomb in a while. Yeah. Catherine's body is indeed there when she and Nadia come in. So what was the shovel for? (laughs) Drama. (laughs) Mia says, took you long enough. Where do you have to be? She said, I finished my hair three hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine says, I was pretending to care. It was very time consuming. Nadia says, okay, let's get it over with. Mia says, great. In order to seal Catherine's spirit inside Elena's body, I'll need some of your blood. Catherine offers her hand. Mia cuts it. And then Mia says, and then? And then she stabs Catherine's body and like slices a line down the torso. And Catherine says, you mutilate my body. Lovely. And Mia says, travelers don't have access to traditional magic, so we improvise. Why is that? And what kind of magic is it? I'm I'm asking you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, asking I thought it was you. I'm asking what you think is going on with traveler magic. I mean, we have to entertain the possibility of expression. And we do see her later sprinkle what look to be some herbs 
So kind of similar perhaps to what Shane was teaching Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would lean more towards the expression side. But why do you think they don't have access to traditional magic? Probably because they, well, nature. Uh, <laughs> well, nature. <laughs> so nature could have turned its back on them once Silas and Katsia used their traveler magic. Although Katsia, was Katsia a traveler? She was. So use their traveler magic to make immortality. Maybe the magic community shut them out the way they kind of cut Bonnie off. Yeah, but we've only ever seen natural magic cut off like one person at a time. And why would they punish all the travelers? Because the travelers were like actively trying to like, the travelers were trying to get rid of them anyway. So why was natural magic like, sorry, no more chances for any of you, even if you weren't involved? Maybe it like really weakened their connection to magic in some way. Like maybe it cut off a huge amount of the like generation that had access to like natural magic. And so now they have a really tenuous hold to magic. So they need like a lot more to actually do anything worthwhile. Sure. Or maybe nature just doesn't like the idea of passengers. Like they don't want these people being able to live in bodies when they shouldn't be living in bodies. Yeah, like that's against nature. Yeah. Sure. Mia says now, shut up. I have to concentrate. Mia starts chanting, whatever. All the travelers' chants are like, oh my God, you're going to put me to sleep. It's so creepy and so weird. It's so... (laughs) And it's like, what? Come on. At least Fesmatos has a ring to it. At least speak Latin. (laughs) Or Greek. Pick a language. Like, you're just saying words. I mean, maybe it is a language and I just don't know it. I think it maybe maybe it's like Czech adjacent. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like the words are that specific. Yeah. In this case. I think they just want it to sound kind of creepy. Because I think, you know, we're supposed to feel like they're evil. Yeah. Hard not to at this point. I mean, the the hair's evil, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'll tell you what's evil is that crimped hair. <laughs> Sorry to keep harping on this girl's hair, but I mean, come on. That's why nature turned their back on travelers, because of Mia's damn hair. Yeah, they didn't turn their back on travelers, it was just Mia. But all the travelers are like, no, your hair looks good. It can't be that. Nature said, I can't support you guys, you're lying to her. Yeah. <laughs> the voices start to whisper again, and Catherine blinks a couple times, and we see that Elena is back. Luckily, she's facing away from Nadia and Mia's focused on Catherine's corpse. So neither of them see this happen. Kind of Elena's chance. She has to take a second to get her bearings. Yes. She stays very calm, but she does look around. She turns away and she turns back and she says, so um, what's happening now? And Mia says, Catherine, if you want to say goodbye to Elena forever, I need silence. And it's like, okay, thank you for answering the question. Thank you, Mia, for giving me the full, t- the full information. Nadia says, are you okay? And Elena says, save your daughterly concern. I'm fine. Very good, Catherine line. She got her there. Great work, Elena. Unfortunately. Last slay of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's your, fi- <laughs> that's your final slay. Maybe ever. Maybe, perhaps ever. <laughs> Mia continues her spell. We go back up to the Lockwood house. Tyler is in the study, and now he's drinking bourbon because he's tortured. Caroline comes in. She says, hey. Tyler says, get out. And she says, just let me explain. And he says, no, let me. Klaus killed thousands of people. Caroline says, I'm well aware of all this. Yeah, he says, she, he killed Elena's aunt, an entire pack of hybrids, my friends. And then he says, Caroline, he killed my mom. And he breaks his glass. The aunt, yeah, that sucks. The hybrids, who gives a shit? His mom, that one is a low blow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give that to Klaus. That was mean. <laughs> and, and I'll give it to Tyler for being mad about that. I can't play. Caroline says, I know. That's why I feel bad. I'm so sorry. Caroline said, yeah, that's why I didn't tell you. Yeah. That's why I really didn't want you to find out. You know, it's rude (laughs) to eavesdrop. Let that be a lesson. 
<laughs> maybe you shouldn't be sticking your nose in business that isn't yours. He says, just stop. You know, I walked out last time. Now it's your turn. Okay. You, but you got to choose to walk out. Now you're choosing to make her walk out? Yeah, it seems like you still feel like you need to be in control just of the leave. situation. Exactly. She says, no, I'm not going to walk out. And he says, don't take another step. I said, leave. And then he growls with his werewolf eyes and teeth, like, to imply, like, I am going to werewolf fight you. And now, Tyler, let me ask you this. Yes, exactly. If you don't want her to go back to Klaus, why are you even threatening to bite her with werewolf venom? She's going to go right to Klaus to cure her and he'll do it. And then guess what? He'll have sex with her again. It's Yeah, it's like, if you bite her, the only cure she has is Klaus. She wasn't even going to go call Klaus. She was going to never talk to him again, and you would give her a perfect reason to do so. Sounds like a Clareline shipper. All-time dumbass. Yeah, all-time dumbass move. (laughs) Stefan comes in to defend Caroline's honor. Right eye emoji. (laughs) He pushes Tyler against the wall and says, you're drunk. And Tyler says, get your hands off me. And Stefan doesn't do that. Stefan says, what's the matter with you? And Tyler says, oh, you don't know? So Tyler's just about to get emasculated again, like a fucking loser. Yeah. You're just asking for it at this point. Getting emasculated by Klaus wasn't enough. Now you want to get emasculated by Stefan, the guy who two weeks ago couldn't even look at a safe? Yeah. You're just asking to lose. Exactly. Tyler says, she screwed Klaus. Which, like, there's no way Tyler could know this. But, like, Stefan's the least likely person to judge Caroline for sleeping with Klaus, given that he slept with Catherine a week ago. Yeah. And even he slept with Rebecca. He slept with Quite a mix of people, often poorly informed. <laughs> yes. And so I don't really know. It's I find it so, this is, again, reasons to turn on Tyler. It's so icky for him to, like, slut shame, to slut shame Caroline and then try to turn Stefan on her, of all people. To try to make an alliance with a man to slut shame someone. First of all, if you're going to make an alliance to slut shame, go grab Damon. Okay. That'd be a little more productive. Especially to slut shame Caroline, okay? Damon might actually hop on board with that, although he wouldn't really hop on board with you. He wouldn't do it because he doesn't like you, but he's a better call than Stefan. Stefan's not getting on your side with anything. Stefan's more likely to take Klaus's side than yours, I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah. You're going to call on Stefan to slut shame? Stefan's a slut. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that with love. Yeah. If you want to slut shame, you need to get the prude back in. And who's there are no prudes here. Yeah, unfortunately. If anything, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> but even Matt's not going to turn on Caroline, because guess what, Tyler? You abandoned all your friends a couple months ago to go live in the mountains with werewolves who don't even need you. What makes you think anyone's going to side with you over Caroline right now? First of all, everyone loves Caroline because she's lovable as shit. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you left her behind just so you could get revenge on Klaus, who now you've come back because you couldn't get revenge on Klaus. And so, oh, so you couldn't do your first choice thing. So now you're back with Caroline. No one wants to root for you. Yeah. Sorry. Stefan looks at Caroline and she's embarrassed. So she cries and leaves because she doesn't want to get, she doesn't want to deal with that to Stefan. She feels very embarrassed that she did this. She feels like she's a bad person. Yeah. And she didn't want her personal business thrown out. Like she was comfortable telling Elena. It accidentally got to Tyler and Tyler had the douchebaggery to then just spread that without her consent. Especially to Stefan, who is like one of her close friends who she respects so highly. I don't think she expects him to judge her. She's been such a source of comfort and security for Stefan. She doesn't want to like come across as someone who doesn't know how to take care of herself. It's embarrassing. Well, she's also, she's a perfectionist. She wants to always feel like she has her shit together and she most often does. And that's why Stefan trusts her because she's capable of being such a strong person. And this 
I feel like she thinks it makes her look weak and stupid, even though it's it's the sexiest thing she's ever done in my mind. Yeah, and I'm sorry, you fought that for a long time, girly. You're better than me. You are braver than the Marines because there is not one woman on Earth who would have been able to stave off Klaus that long. I would have had sex with him, first of all, way before any of this happened because I'm a soft target. I would have had sex with him the week after he killed Tyler's mom. I would have cheated on Tyler with him. I'll tell you exactly when I would have slept with Klaus. Graduation. During Miss Mystic Falls. Oh, yeah. Way before graduation. When Tyler's over there flirting with Haley. Oh, that, yeah. I would have done it then. And he's being so cute to me. I'm sorry, I'm sleeping with Klaus that day. She's better than me. Oh, yeah. So she leaves. Tyler says, exactly. Exactly what? Stefan kings, though, and he punches Tyler and says, you know, drunk or not, she doesn't deserve that. And he leaves. Sterilized. Kinging. And what I love about this, you know, Tyler's a hybrid and that punch still knocks him the fuck out. Sterilized hive, we are eating. Mmm, yummy. Yeah, Sterilized hive is going today. And you know what? I'm with you guys. And you know what? Staffen hive, ooh, you had a rough week. <laughs> but Sterilized hive, we stay winning. Staffen hive never expected to win. Yes, exactly. Like, that's not what that's for. That's not what that ship is for. And you know what? Claroline girlies, I'm with you. And I think we all have to be realistic. It's not happening for us. This is a spinoff. I'll support this in, in its place. And I got a kiss. I got a kiss. I got sex. I'm happy. Yes. I do believe that, as I said last episode, I do believe Claroline being endgame is the best ending for these characters. But in the circumstances of these shows, it's just not realistic. I think in this particular time, Stefan <laughs> needs Caroline and Caroline needs to be needed. I think in another 20 years, when Caroline's, you know, comfortable not being needed all the time and just wants to have some fun, go to Klaus. Well, I think Caroline needs Stefan too. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of it is, a lot of it right now is her wanting to help him. Well, I think this is where that, I think this episode is where that first starts to change. This is the first time we've yeah. seen Caroline not totally confident. I do agree with that. But I think we're starting to see her like rely on Stefan in the way he's been relying on her. Yes, but we'll get there. Anyway, we go back to the tomb. The spell is continuing and Elaine has just been standing there. <laughs> and I get, it's a lot to think through, but also there's like a lot of little gates around to stab people with. It takes two seconds to snap a neck. I mean- your options are pretty limited. You just have to move fast enough that no one can save these. Well, yeah. And hope, like, and frankly, get the witch first. If she says V after you get the witch, at least she has to find another traveler to do this. Yeah. Here's what I think she should have done. Push Mia to the ground to at least incapacitate the witch. Snap Nadia's neck to knock her out. And then once Nadia's knocked out, make sure Mia's dead. And then on the way out, stake Nadia too. On the way out, just burn the whole place. Yeah. Because you can't, they can't have Catherine's body anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's not what Elena ends up doing. Nadia says, you know, you never told me where you wanted to go. And Elena says, where I wanted to go. And Nadia says, once we complete the spell, where should we start our world tour? And Mia says, oh my God, chatterboxes. Let me finish. <laughs> She's like, I need you two to shut up. She says, just a few more seconds and then I'm done. So then Elena realizes, okay, I have to make a decision here. So Elena's like, oh shit, it's time. So Elena... Vampire runs and quickly knocks out Mia. She tosses her aside. She grabs the knife from Catherine's body or something else. And Nadia says, Elena. And then she starts to say Vite, but she only says V. <laughs> and then Elena stabs her and says, what was that? I couldn't quite hear you. She had to get her line in. Kind of girl queen. Uh, but then she runs. See, here's the thing. She incapacitated them. Girl, snap Nadia's neck, 
go kill Mia and then run. Yeah. But I think she just wants to get out of there. She sees her time is short. Mm -hmm. And I think she kind of thinks somehow it's done because she doesn't know she gave her blood already. Yes. And I think she thinks if she can get away to make a call, she can at least communicate it. So then even if whatever happens, happens. Like, like then people will at least know that someone knows. they got to get her somehow. So we go back over to the Lockwood party. Damon arrives. He's stuck at the threshold. And he's like, Donovan, but Matt's not anywhere nearby. So instead, Damon goes to hang out in the yard. <laughs> he's like, fine, I'll be outside. <laughs> we go back over to the tomb. Nadia is awake. She's pulling the sword or knife out of her stomach. And she says, Mia. And Mia gets up. Mia says, are you okay? And Nadia says, just finish the spell. Out in the woods, Elena is running. She's got in front of a way that she stops and she takes out her phone. <laughs> but Nadia and Catherine put a pin on it. So slay. That's smart. That's slay. She tries a couple options, but she can't get in. So then she starts running again. And then we go back and forth between the tomb and the woods. In the tomb, Mia is continuing the spell. She's chanting. She's like, Catherine's body on fire, whatever, whatever. In the woods, Elena is running, but she keeps getting bombarded by like memories of Catherine's life. And it goes from like oldest to newest. Mm -hmm. Nadia being born, her meeting Klaus her impersonating Elena on the porch, blah, 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 even all the way up to her getting the cure fed to her. Mm -hmm. As this goes back and forth, finally, Elena gets to the edge of the party and she spots Damon. She says, Damon, and he sees her and they run to each other and they hug. And she says, Damon, thank God. And he says, what's wrong? And then she blinks. It's black. She blinks again. The spell finished, girl. <laughs> yeah, in the tomb, Mia says, it's done. She just beat it. I mean, again, I get why she's hugging Damon, but when she gets there, she should have been like, okay, so Catherine's a passenger in my body. Yeah. I think she thought she had all the time in the world because I think she I think she probably thought they needed her there. That makes sense, actually. Because, again, she doesn't know that they already got her blood. Mm -hmm. So I think she thought that was enough. Obviously, it wasn't. And see, Elena, this is why you suck it up and just get used to killing people. Yeah. Mia's going to die in about 20 minutes anyway. She doesn't have much of her life left. Yeah. At the party, we see... While they're in the hug, that Catherine is like back in Elena's body. And Catherine's like, Where the fuck am I? She's like, Why am I hugging Damon? Ew. <laughs> Damon says, You're okay. And he says, Hey, Elena, say something, please. And Catherine says, I've been looking for you everywhere. We need to talk. Catherine bodies a lot of this conversation as Elena. Yeah. It gets a little out of her hands in a minute, but she'll get there. <laughs> Damon says, Yeah, I want to talk to you too. The message thingies in your phone, that's all me, unless you deleted them and didn't listen to them. And she says, I listened to every word. Which, no, she didn't. <laughs> when would she have done She didn't listen to shit. She's so real. She deleted all of them. She said, I think I can put it together in my mind what you said. Yeah, she might have just to be nosy, but I think she probably was like, oh, I don't have time for this. I think she probably thought she was going to listen to them and listen to one to be nosy. And she's like, oh my God, shut up. And stopped. <laughs> she's like, I think I got it. <laughs> Damon says, okay, then you know how bad I screwed up. I wussed out, Elena. I bailed because I was convinced I'd ruin you. And she says, that's not what this is about, Damon. And he says, I know, but just hear me out. You're literally the best person I've ever known. And for me to think I could change you gives me way too much credit and you not nearly enough. You are the best influence on me. I need you. You are the good. And I need a little good in my life because without you, there's an awful lot of darkness. Excellent speech, Damon. And Elena would have loved this. Would have worked like a charm. That would have ended in a beautiful Delena kiss. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is not Elena. The thing about Damon is he has caught Catherine so many times. And this is just like the kiss on Elena's porch. It is just that damning. Yeah. <laughs> it is so embarrassing for him. It is so embarrassing. Catherine says, 
That's a lot of pressure, Damon. And where Catherine really bodies this breakup is that she's using a lot of what Damon is afraid of because he's, you know, anybody can read him like a book. Yeah. And so even though Elena wouldn't say any of this, it's enough of Damon's fears that it seems realistic to him. Yeah, it's like his worst fear of, of what Elena thinks of him. And like, maybe Elena would have these concerns, but she would not like break up with him over it. Yeah. But he's always been so scared she would that he's like, well, life kicked me down again. <laughs> I don't deserve anything good. <laughs> he says, I know. And she says, no, it's my turn now. He says, yeah, okay. And Catherine says, I love that I make you a better person. I love that I make you happy, but I don't want to be the only thing that you live for. Elena would be fine with that. Elena loves that shit. She says, I don't want to worry about what's going to happen every time we get into a fight or if we break up again or who you're going to take it out on. And Elena has shown concern before with like him reacting badly to rejection. Like, how can we forget when she said, no, I love Stefan. And then he killed her brother. He popped back up. I know, I know. (laughs) I'm not having this fight again. (laughs) I'm I'm done defending that. We all know where I stand on it. It's cool with me. Hey, here's where I stand on it. I wouldn't have cared if Jeremy didn't get up. Not my business. But it is evidence of how Damon reacts to constructive criticism. Yeah, but he's grown since then. He has. This is no longer season two. Damon says, what are you talking about? And then Kevin says, I know what you did to Catherine, Damon. (laughs) <laughs> she physically cannot not talk about herself she's like well you were really mean to Catherine. elena would not give a fuck elena knew he was doing that all day she just Get, none of it was a surprise you know elena says she was weak and dying and you still tortured her and damon says how is this about Catherine?" the answer is really simple you got to get there king yeah it's about Catherine because Catherine's in this conversation. I'll tell you how this is about Catherine. That's Catherine. (laughs) She's standing right in front of you. But then Catherine realizes, like, obviously, I cannot keep talking about myself here. These people don't care about me. So she gets back on track. She's like, I got to roll that back. She said, okay, (laughs) fine. No one, apparently no one cares about Catherine. So no one gives a shit about me. (laughs) Great. She says, I know it's not about Catherine, okay? It's about you. About the person that I can't change and the person you really are. That person was right to let me go. Stefan approaches and he watches this conversation a little bit. Catherine says, I'm sorry, Damon, but it's over. We're over. Which is also kind of funny because I feel like that's not how Elena would break up. Like, And maybe it's how Elena broke up with Matt by saying we're over. But like she was like 14 when that happened. Yeah, she wasn't really that in love with Matt, let's be honest. Yeah. Damon shakes his head because he honestly thought the speech was going to work because it would have on Elena. It was a good speech. It should have worked. It would have worked in any other situation. Yeah. She turns and leaves. And as soon as she's turned away, she's smiling. She's giggling, giggling. She said, I am ruining this bitch's life. He said, I nailed that one. (laughs) Stefan says, Damon. And Damon says, come on. Deep down, you got to be enjoying this a little bit. And he walks away. So obviously Damon's taking it super well. So I think we all kind of, and guess where Damon's night is going to go after this. Yeah. Then we go into the Lockwood house after the party a little later. Matt is picking up the trash because, again, he doesn't want to be evicted. <laughs> Got to earn his keep. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler is sitting on the couch drinking. Matt says, oh, hey. And Tyler says, you know what I realized tonight? This is a big ass house. I live in a freaking mansion. Matt's like, I know I'm cleaning it. And Matt's like, I'm well aware. Do you want to pick up some trash with me? <laughs> Tyler says, my parents are dead. The girl I love slept with my nemesis. 
and I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, which, get this, lasts forever. But I got a big-ass house, and he drinks. One thing I love about this, Klaus may be your nemesis, Tyler. You are not his. I know. (laughs) And it's just, it's so funny, too, because this whole, like, I mean, he's having a crisis because he doesn't know what he wants to do with the rest of his life. You didn't know what you wanted to do with the rest of your life a while ago because your only plan was maybe kill Klaus, but obviously you didn't have a great plan for that. When I get the whole, like, immortal thing you have to face that your life lasts forever. But with that information, why does it matter what you do with the rest of your life? I don't know. Go live in Portugal for three years. Who cares? Yeah. You never have to worry about anything. And, of course, Matt is like, hey, you're not going to get rid of this house, right? Because I do live here. (laughs) And I don't want to (laughs) move. Matt says, you know what? Why don't we get out of it for a while? You know, just go somewhere. Be anywhere but here. Matt's like, why don't we go to Prague? And this time I'll have a threesome with the right girl. And this time I'll have a threesome with a girl who's not going to rob me. <laughs> and Matt says, we could go somewhere fun, like New Orleans. Uh, just kidding, he doesn't suggest that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, we can go anywhere but here. Or New Orleans. <laughs> Tyler says, Klaus put me through hell in New Orleans, Matt. He crushed me. Okay, and Tyler, remind me why you went to New Orleans. Oh, yeah, to kill him. You kind of brought that on yourself. And in my mind, look, I don't know what Klaus did in New Orleans. I don't think it would take much to crush him. I think Klaus could have said, hey, I think you're balding in the back there. And Tyler (laughs) would have cried and left. I don't think it took much. (laughs) And Tyler says, and just when I thought it was over, that he couldn't destroy anything else or do anything worse. And then he cries. And you know what? I get he's having a bad day. I take issue. And I take issue with a lot of things Tyler did. Destroy anything else? That's a weird way to talk about a woman's body. Purity culture head ass. Yeah. Also, and this is a whole nother thing. He's like, just when I thought he couldn't do anything worse. And the implication is he did something worse. So you're telling me him sleeping with your girlfriend is worse than him killing your mother? Yeah. That's what you're saying right now? Your mother who did nothing but love you? Fuck your girlfriend who you didn't call for months on it? Yeah, who you shit on for months and left behind and walked out on? Bitch ass. Matt rubs his back and lets him cry. <laughs> Because he's a good friend. And again, he doesn't want to get evicted. He's like, yeah, you know what? And we're going to feel so much better once we both sleep in our own room. Me and the master, because again, I am on the deed. And <laughs> you in whatever other room. But as Your long childhood as you're master. <laughs> he's like, man, I feel for you. I think it's just so lucky that I am living with you at this time. Because you need someone to be there for you. So I would never think of moving. And I think you'll feel so much better after you take a bath in my jacuzzi bathtub. And then go to your room. And if you want to ever use the jacuzzi bathtub, all you have to do is ask. And just, you know, give me like a 48-hour notice and, you know, bring all your own soap and you're good and just clean it up after you're done. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, good night. (laughs) Then we go back over to the tomb. Mia covers Catherine's body, which has now been burnt and mutilated. So that's done. Nadia says, so that's it. It worked. Mia says, I'm trying not to sound so impressed, but yes, Catherine Pierce has permanent control of Elena Gilbert's body. Now, about the payment we discussed. Now, Mia. (laughs) Mia, you're not getting paid for shit. Get paid up front. Yeah. Mia starts choking up blood, and Catherine has grabbed her heart out from behind and killed it. Nadia says, was that necessary? And Catherine says, no, but she was a loose end, and I hate that. Yeah, you don't want some random woman who obviously can be bought walking around knowing what happened here. Yeah, that's not worth it. So Nadia says, good, she gave me the creeps anyway. And what about that hair? Catherine says, cold, manipulative, good hair. You really are my daughter. 
And Nadia says, if that's your way of thanking me, save it for the road. Nadia. Nadia. <laughs> In what world are you guys going anywhere? Catherine says, mm, I'm not going anywhere. And Nadia is already annoyed at this, but she does hear her out. Catherine says, for the first time in 500 years, I'm in the clear. There's no one coming after me. Hell, half the people in this town would probably slit their own throats to protect Elena Gilbert. Girl, that is if you can keep up the charade. And here's the thing, Catherine. Yeah, no one's out for you right now, but look at how you live. Even if you're in Elena's body, I give you three months before someone wants to kill you. And that's a high max. That's a, a maximum because you're hanging out with Nadia. She could give up in like a month. Yeah. Nadia is her like only ally. If you're going to piss off Nadia, girly, guess what? Nadia is the one who can expose you to Matt. We've seen Nadia is very reliant on what Catherine thinks of her and Catherine loving her enough. If Catherine gives her even a whiff that she will leave her or cares about Stefan more than her, Nadia will blow this open. Yeah. And then she'll regret it and try to undo it, but she will blow it open first. Yeah. And Catherine, I think, realizes this. So she does her best in this conversation to strike the balance between I want to stay here because of Stefan and, but I still love you anyway. Yeah, like, I want to stay here for Stefan, and I would like you to be here. I don't really care either way, but I think you need to hear that. Yeah. Nadia says, what about me? And Catherine says, you're a grown woman. You can make your own decisions. But if you want my vote, stay. Now, I'm not saying I'll ever learn how to be a good mother, but I'll try. I've got all the time in the world to get it right. Again, yeah, Elena and Nadia are going to hang out? Yeah. That's going to be so suspicious immediately. And the thing is, Catherine, I know how you operate. You will dump Nadia if Stefan so much as gives you the look. You will throw her under the bus the second you need to. And how Nadia hasn't learned that by now, I don't know. Yeah. Nadia says, look, I've searched for you for centuries. I'm not leaving now. But we both know you want more than just mother-daughter bonding time. Yeah. Catherine said, I never said I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Catherine says, you're right. I want it all. My daughter, my immortality and Stefan Salvatore. He's my one true love. The power Stefan holds. Yeah. Nadia says, well, I'd hate to be the person standing in your way. You should probably be, though. Yeah. <laughs> it would be smart. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Caroline is sitting by the fire with a mug. <laughs> it's Caroline time, baby. Mmm, yummy. Stefan comes in and he says, hey, there you are. I've been looking all over for you. And she says, yeah, well, I couldn't find a rock big enough to crawl under, so. And then she says, okay, you're my friend. I need you to just give it to me straight. Am I a horrible person? He says, hmm, so that's why you came here. All right, let me ask you something. When you found out about me and Catherine, what was your first thought? And she says, honestly, I thought, ew. (laughs) Which, you know, speak your truth. He says, see, and if you held that against me, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. Now, would you? And she says, or maybe I came because I know that you see the best in people. And he says, okay, all right, someone has to say it. So here it goes. Caroline, you are a horrible person, okay? You are thoughtless and shallow and completely undependable. He's obviously being sarcastic and cutie. (laughs) She needs someone to say this even jokingly, just to take the power away from the words. Yes, exactly. She laughs. She says, hey, I'm vulnerable. Don't be mean. And he says, you know what? Come to think of it, I have no idea what Klaus saw in you. What was he thinking? (laughs) And they giggle together and it's Steriline, baby. They're being cutie. Yeah, Steriline, how are we eating tonight? Mmm, yummy. Yeah, I was watching this and I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm getting it. I think, you know, the Claroline kiss was the last wall that needed to break down before I was ready. Yeah, which I think they probably knew that. Julie Pluck is like, these people are never going to accept Steriline if we don't 
close the Clairoline chapter. Yeah, we just need to throw them a bone. They thought graduation was closing it enough. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. And they learned that really quick. They sure did. We got to the road. A car is driving and there's a man in the road. So <laughs> we know where this is going. Big picture. But there's a couple surprises along the way. Yeah. Surprise number one. The person who gets out of the car is Aaron. And Aaron says, y'all right, man? And it's also a nice sports car. So I'm already rooting against him even more than I was. Yeah. <laughs> the man in the road sits up suddenly. But surprise, surprise, surprise number two, it's Enzo. What I love about this, you can tell it's Enzo's first time doing this because he sits up way too fucking fast. <laughs> He's too excited. He's been waiting here too long. <laughs> He's like, man, he took a while to get here in that fast car. <laughs> Enzo says, never better. And then he stands up and says, we've been waiting for you. And then Damon appears behind Aaron. Locking the door to his car, of course. Exactly. And Enzo says, Damon's teaching me a little game. See, he assured me you'd be on this road heading out of town. It's the plus of the compulsion. It had a way to get out, to go back on it. Yeah. Aaron says, you said that you were going to let me go. Damon's like, I said a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Damon says, I tried. And Aaron says, does Elena know you're here? Because it's all he really has. And Damon says, she's the reason I'm here. No, scratch that. I'm the reason I'm here. Growth. Growth. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, actually, I want to do this. (laughs) It's not just because I'm mad. It just seemed fun. Yeah. Aaron says, what do you want, Damon? And Damon says the same thing you want, to go back in time, fix the past, get back someone I've lost. Aaron says, "Mm, everyone I've lost is because of you. You know, you murdered my entire family. He's like, yeah, I know that. Damon's like, you don't have to remind me. Enzo says, justifiably. (laughs) Damon says, either way, I did it. I tore them apart. I liked the sounds they made because I realized they deserved it, like you. Aaron tries to hit Damon where it hurts. He says, Elena was too good for you. Now, Elena already said this to Damon's face today. So that hurt more than this possibly could. Damon says, I used to think that, that I had to be better to deserve her love and she had to be worse to accept mine. You know, I'd lie in the middle of the road looking up at the stars, having conversations with people like you, trying to convince myself that killing them was a bad instinct and that sparing their lives was the right thing to do. And Aaron says, so did you kill them? Because Aaron's still not entirely sure if he can get out of this. He's thinking no, but he he might as well ask. Yeah. Damon says, it doesn't matter. The point is I was conflicted. It kind of does matter which you chose for Aaron's purposes. Yeah. Aaron's like, I'm actually curious about the choice, though. Damon says, right now, in this very moment, I am crystal clear. See, Elena thinks I'm a monster. You know what? She's right. He flashes his veins. He feeds on Aaron pretty violently and tosses him to the ground. Pretty sexy. We haven't <laughs> seen Damon's fangs in a while. Yeah, that's true. Fangs. So I was, you know, no offense to Aaron, I wasn't looking at him at all. Yeah. That might as well have been a sandwich. <laughs> I, I was not, I was laser focused on Ian Summerholder as I do be. Exactly. Enzo says, no, that's the Damon Salvatore, I remember. That's what I said too. <laughs> I said, there's Damon. He said, that's my guy. They smile at each other and they look at Aaron's body while, you know, he lies in a puddle of his own blood. And now they get a sports car. So win win. Sweet deal. Love to see Damon with a friend who is clearly different from Alurk in that he is pushing the bad instincts. More of a, if Klaus had been friends with Damon. Yeah, definitely a foil to his friendship with Alurk. Yeah. So first question, is Aaron dead for good? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, he ran his course. He ran more than his course. Second question, how is Wes going to take this? Will he find out? Will he come for revenge? He'll find out. I mean, I don't think he'll be like, that sad i think he'll more be like mad about about vampires getting him too 
I do think this also opens up the question, and this may affect how West reacts, is where does Aaron's trust go? Yeah. Who was it left to? And I think with Wes being his legal guardian, there's a good chance it gets left to Wes and Wes goes right back to trying to torture vampires. He's like, all right. If he gets the money back, I think he'll be like, oh, anyway, like, I don't think he'll care that much. <laughs> yeah. Because he kind of sucks. But I think Wes is not long for this world either. I'll say that. Sure, if he does come back. Yeah. You've said before that you think Enzo will improve Damon. At the end of this episode, do you still think that? <laughs> not so much. <laughs> I was giving Enzo a lot of credit. I'm, you, I'm you realizing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, improve is a difficult word. Sure. Because I do think there's something to be said for Damon feeling comfortable in what he wants to do. And I think Damon has this forever divide between trying to change himself for Elena, which there is some positivity to changing himself for Elena. But there is also some positivity to like accepting who you are as a vampire. And I think... This kind of time when he feels like he lets let Elena down, have someone who kind of stokes the vampire side, I think it could potentially help him be more secure in whatever decisions he makes. Because I think he needs to get to this state where he doesn't have to feel like he's constantly changing to prove to Elena that he's a good person, but he also has to not follow every impulse he ever wants. And okay. I think if he has this time to kind of deal with the character growth he's already had with Elena... Like, he won't necessarily have the same strong impulses to kill people on the long term. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Aaron, it's a different case because he already had some emotional pain connected to Aaron and the Whitmores, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think the impulse to kill people will have already been lessened from the growth he got with Elena. So I think being able to kind of revisit those impulses may help him kind of become more comfortable in who he is and what he feels he deserves love-wise. So sure. I think improve questionable but i do think this is a chance for damon to, to kind of reconnect with who he is who he wants to be and how to merge those together sure jumping right off that how is this looking for delena because a lot of what damon has done in the end of this episode was in direct reaction to elena dumping him but mm -hmm. we're under the assumption that elena will at some point be back yeah how do you think she's going to react to all this to his like temper tantrum when even though she would not say like, I'm going to be, I would always be scared of what you're going to do. He now proves that she should be scared of what he would do if something went wrong. Yes. Do you think she's going to be able to get back together with him after this? I think it's the same, you know, fight that Delena has always had. Elena's always worried that Damon can't be trusted, will go off the deep end. And I think this is something like that kind of, instead of Elena accepting Damon, I think Damon needs to accept Elena in. Because it's not productive for Elena to come in from this and say, how dare you do this? You need to change back to whatever she thought he was. And I think there's an opportunity for growth for Delena that they both need to reevaluate what they expect from each other and what they want from each other. And I think that's going to be harder for Elena to do. But I think there's the situation where Damon, I think, needs to get comfortable with his reactions, mm -hmm. how, whatever they are. Like, if this is how he wants to react to something, being able to say, that was my reaction... Was it the best thing I ever did? No. But was does it make me a bad person evil? No. And I think Elena will have to come to terms with whatever Catherine will do in her body and what mm -hmm. that put Damon through and understand like she can't expect Damon to be this perfect person for her. Mm -hmm. Maybe she can expect it for a short amount of time and he can try to be his best for her, but she has to be a little realistic. I do think there is, you know, this is clearly the midpoint. We obviously weren't going to watch Delena be together for 
three more seasons uninterrupted. I mean, let's yeah. all be realistic. So we need this point where they reevaluate what their relationship is and determine if they have enough love for each other because love is not enough on the long term. There has mm-hmm. to be support in different ways. And so I think Elena's going to be mad about this, but she has to approach it from a new lens. And I think Enzo will help that in a lot of ways of like, and this is also at a point where Elena has been a vampire long enough that she is less uncomfortable with like these killer impulses, the bloodlust, because she knows how to handle it in her own Mm -hmm. way. She sees that Damon is capable of handling it in a good way. And I think she's a little more able to kind of see the predator side of vampirism without this like horrible negative fear all around it. There's another piece of this though, that is above the bloodlust and above the temper tantrum. Elena's going to have to live with the fact that Damon didn't realize that wasn't Elena. Yeah. That Catherine tricked him. Do you think that will be hard for her to accept after all they've been through, especially? I think yes, because even though, you know, she looks like Catherine, she feels like her and Catherine have diverged so much that, and Damon should care about her enough to know that she wouldn't say those things to him. I think this is also expecting a lot of growth out of Damon, but I think Damon needs to be able to speak that like, this was what he was afraid of. So he wasn't really... It wasn't that Catherine tricked him. It was that the like the things she was saying tricked him. And to be fair, she's in Elena's body. Yeah, I think it has to, like he has to come to terms with the fact of like why that worked on him. And I think Elena has to come to terms with that too because I think she's going to take personal offense of like, why would you think I would do that to you after all I fought to be with you? Why would you believe that I would cut you off like that? That's not fair to me. But I think- she she has to understand and she does know to a certain degree like that he feels like he needs to be a better person for her. I mean, she saw him white fang her. Like, I think it's a pretty clear reaction to that. And I think if Damon can say like, I was fighting, you know. My demons. I was fighting my demons. I was fighting to get you back. And then you said this to me and I thought I had pushed you too far away. Like, I thought I like had done too much already and already lost you. And I felt like it was just how it was always going to end up. And like, I think being able to voice those fears will help. And I think, you know, there's also this balance of Elena will have to face her own anger at Catherine for this, Mm -hmm. especially because let's face it, when Elena comes back, Catherine will be no more. That's my assumption. There's going to be no one to put that anger on besides Damon. And there's going to be quite a bit of residual anger. Mm -hmm. Well, she's going to put on anyone who didn't know it was her, probably. Yeah. But I think more Damon than anyone. Yeah. So let's move into the biggest question leaving this episode. We're told that this traveler spell is permanent. permanent. How permanent do you think this spell is? So I'll I'll float a couple of possibilities. Yeah, let's hear what you think is going to, what's going to happen. One, we already got the drop that it's not traditional magic. I'm guessing that means there's some loopholes involved. Also, I don't trust the travelers. They seem kind of stupid. (laughs) The last thing I'll say, now if Mia was smart, And I made a joke about this, but if Mia was smart, she might not have completed the full spell before the payment. There might have been a final step to keep it permanent. If she was smart, she would have done that. Now, do I think she was smart enough to do that? I'm not sure. Yeah. But either way, I think there's a loophole to this spell that will be found. Do you think it will be having to do with the passenger knife? Or do you think this spell that made it permanent makes the passenger knife null and void and they'll have to find a different loophole? I think the knife is still a strong possibility because we've only seen it been used once and why would they drop that with no other use? I mean, yeah. 
I thought they were going to figure out, out it was Catherine this episode. I said that. I do not think Catherine is keeping this charade for much longer. How many more episodes do you think Catherine will be in Elena's body? Absolutely maximum two. Okay. And I think once they figure it out, the knife is a good first start. Mm-hmm. Now, the knife may not fully get rid of Catherine right away. That might be kind of what this spell did was it made the knife like weaken the passenger instead of actually kill the passenger. But they're getting Catherine out of there somehow. And, you know, Nadia, I think, is in trouble when that happens because no one's going to be defending Nadia anymore. Yeah. Do you think if we get to the point that they get Catherine out of Elena's body, what do you think is going to happen to Catherine? Is Catherine just like, that's it, girlie, you're dead. Do you think she will stick around? And do you think Elena's just like then going to be back to normal? I think they're going to get Catherine completely out of Elena's body. Now, I think there's a potential they get her as another passenger just and have her run off somewhere and keep living her life another way. Mm-hmm. Just because I do feel like it would be anticlimactic to just hit her with the passenger knife and kill her. Yeah. But, you know, she's hanging on by a thread. Let's be serious. Yeah. So I think it's a little iffy, but I, I mean, I think Catherine will be pretty much out of their lives in one way or another. Fair enough. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars reading review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.